is there sound on? Can I just put me? it on. Oh, <laughs> I, can't, I couldn't tell. <laughs> Hi, Diana. Hi, how are you? Oh. Hi, Ronnie. I just wanted to know I looked for that again and I couldn't find it. Oh, no problem. I found some other things that worked for me. But good morning, you two. Good morning. Hello. I'm like eating at the moment. Okay. Enjoy. I came in earlier and I thought, what happened? Nobody's here. You were the early bird. (laughs) Hi, Claire. Hi, Mm-hmm. Hi. Hi, Rico. Hi. Oh, it's so good to see you. Turn the light. It's dark here. Okay. Yes, it sounded worse than it was. <laughs> I knocked like a, a metal pencil case on the table as I, I switched on the light. So it made, a, it made a clatter, but no injury or anything. Oh, good. Yes. Hi, everyone. Hi, Jeannie. Hi, Jeannie. Hey. hey. Nice to see everyone. Yes. Yes. Indeed. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Ronnie. Hi. Hi. Would anyone like to pray us in? How about you, Rieko? (laughs) (laughs) Whoever asked that question gets to do it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. All right. Okay, let's place our hand on our heart and take a deep breath of love, of growth, of expansion, and gratitude. We're happy and grateful to partner up with our highest self, the Holy Spirit, and come into stillness as we join together in this sacred space, sacred time of healing, sharing, awakening. We're happy to place on the altar any and all ideas about how this call should unfold, what we think we should say, what we think we should do, any attachments, any false idols, all judgments and grievances, all blocks to love. We lay them all aside on the altar and are grateful to let spirit do the heavy lifting for us. We're grateful for Jennifer and the entire Power of Love ministry for supporting us daily, hourly, for creating the space and community for us to come together and support each other on our path to our healing. 
We know that this conversation is healing, it's nourishing to our soul, it's divinely orchestrated, and it will unfold for the highest and best. I ask the angels to bless all of us, bless the technology, and everyone who will be listening later. We're grateful that help is available to us constantly in the visible and the invisible. We gratefully embrace the truth of who we are and we're dedicated to seeing one another as who we really are, which is perfect spirit, whole, innocent, wholly lovable, wholly loving. And we're grateful to share the benefits of our healing with everyone because we are one. When we're healed, we're not healed alone. Everyone's healed alongside us. In grace and gratitude, we let it be and know the healing is done. And so it is. Amen. Amen. Beautiful, Rieko. Thank you. Yeah. I, I was just thinking, could you just keep doing that for an hour? He's <laughs> <laughs> so lovely. Thank you. I'm so happy to pray. Mm-hmm. I remember at this time last year, Rieko, you were, I think you were almost too shy to say anything on the community call. I remember, I'm only saying that because I remember you making a comment about that in the Facebook group or something. So, and now look, look what <laughs> Thank you, Claire. It's so true. I, I used to just say my name at the beginning and just not say anything. Yeah, for many months. Yeah. Well, I'm very grateful for that prayer. Thank you very much. Thank you. Hi, Dina. Hi. Hi. Hi, Tracy. Hi, everybody. So wonderful to see everybody. I've been rushing around this morning. And so when I, even rushing to get here on time, your prayer just really calmed me down and Put me right into the moment. Okay, thank you. Well, I was on the community call um, for MLC one. Was anybody else there this morning? Um, and they were talking about the difference between belief and want. And I really just thought that um, I really, beliefs have, you know, for me, see that it is the ego that really drives um, drives up fear and drives up um, self-doubt. And um, I look back now at my life. So I'm retired. I've been retired almost three years. And I look back at the life that I led with all of these beliefs. And I feel like 
the my beliefs were really about living a negative life, about fearing um, to make others mad and that they would never forgive me. Um, and I can see where that belief came from. Um, my belief that I had to over-explain myself um, drove me. Um, and I also see, as I'm reading A Course in Miracles, how my complaints have kept all of my fears completely alive. Um, and um, so, you know, I'm happy to see that beliefs are not real and that um, that gives me an opportunity to actually be able to make a, a, a want choice, a choice of what I desire. So my deep desire of my heart, I can bring that forward instead of believing all of the different things that I was taught to believe life is. And it's not true at all. And I am just tickled to death. The only thing I do think is I do wish that I could go back in time um, and um, that I could be a different kind of mother to my son, that I could be a different kind of uh, educator because I was so driven by the belief of somebody was going to get me if I wasn't perfect that, you know, I know that I killed a lot of people off. And as I, look at my son's relationship with myself, I see, you know, he's so um, resigned. I mean, he's so protective. If I get too close to him, he just wants to push me away. So I just, I'm really grateful that I, I see that the belief is not true. And, um, and so I just wanted to let you guys know that I'm doing pretty good and love the Course in Miracles. And I'm on chapter six and it's amazing. It's just amazing. I love the word atonement, and I'm practicing what atonement looks like. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Lori, that, that was awesome. Um, it's always encouraging to hear somebody a little further along. And um, one of the things that occurs to me when you talk about um, it, it sounds like an opportunity for uh, forgiveness to for wishing something to be different in the past, because especially as a mother, I relate to that too. Um, and, and the same when I look back at my career and going, wow, did I have to be so harsh? Uh, you know, uh, with everyone and myself. And, um, what I saw um, a movie last night, uh, which uh, it, it's up for uh, it's I'm trying to remember the name of the movie, but it's it's about a mother daughter. Oh, Lady Bird. That's the name of the movie. And it's about a, a teenage daughter, senior in high school and um, her relationship with her mom and what's going on. And it and, and it, it was kind of eerily, not eerily, it was like similar to my relationship with my daughter and kind of brutal to see it on screen when the mother's portrayed as, you know, she just can't be loving to the daughter, she's criticizing her, this kind of thing. And um, I would say to my daughter, like, pretty close to home, and she's like, you're not that bad, mom. And I'm like, uh, you know, it's shades of gray here, you know, thank you, your sweetheart. Um, that, that's, she's got a big heart. So, uh, but but it was kind of funny, but 
what occur what occurs to me from watching that movie is the love is real. So the love is never gone, and our view of of how things should have been can block what the love the love was always there and it's always available. So even something that we judge as we wish we would have had a V8 uh, done it differently doesn't deny that the power of the love is still there and available. So I, that's one thing that I'm working to forgive for myself. And um, uh, I'm doing the workbook lessons and, um, you know, today's six, lesson 62 is forgiveness is my function and I, I would remember my function so I'll be happy. And, um, and so um, I had this um, visualization while I was meditating on that and uh Okay, I wish I could draw like Rieko, but this is my simple little drawing. See these three little stick people? And they have their views of the world, and each of them has a bubble, and it says, you know, my real world, like the real world, right? We each have this view of the real world. The real world's this way, right? You got to do it this way. You got to be this way. And then there's another little bubble above it, which is um, my real world is the real world. Like you're in fantasy land, right? Like. You, you don't have a clue. And um, and I think about how I view my daughter that way sometimes. It's like, girl, you, you don't have a clue. Like, get with it, you know. And I don't say it, but I think it, right? And and um, and how ridiculous that is because essentially we're all attached to our ego identification of a world in space and time and how to do it right, right? And, and so forgiving ourselves for all believing that, world thanks Jeannie thank you um, I saw Lady Bird too and I really enjoyed it um, and what your share brought up in me was that I I wrote a forgiveness letter this week to myself, um, but instead of using the format, I just wrote it as like a freeform letter to myself, like what I wanted to say to myself. And so it was more of like a forgiveness slash encouragement slash gratitude letter. But um, as I was writing it, as if I was writing a letter to someone else, um, the sentence that really had like an emotional impact on me as I was writing it was that um, I'm really I'm really sorry that I couldn't be there for you when you needed me the most yeah like I'm really sorry that I I didn't love and accept and support you when you were so hurt and instead piled up judgments and attacked you more And it was only then that I realized how how deeply of um, regret I had towards not being able to love myself for a long time. And it's so funny to, you know, see that everything is so layered and complicated that, like, I could act one way and there's another part of me who's judging it and there's another part of me who feels guilty for judging myself and, like, 
I don't know how many of my false identities are interplaying with each other, but um, there was something very healing about saying that to myself. And, uh, and I think this is why Jennifer has us focusing on self-forgiveness and reminds us that all forgiveness is self-forgiveness. It's oftentimes the most challenging thing for us to forgive is ourselves. And, uh, and it's really challenging to look at the past and not feel like we could have done it better. But when we can just let all that go in this moment, it's so freeing and, um, And so I'm just renewing my commitment to myself to to be there for myself from now on to the best of my ability. Sometimes I <laughs> sometimes I forget, but now I at least I have the awareness to bring it back and choose again. So yeah, thank you. Rieka, this may be um a stupid question. I'm not sure, but I'll, it's still playing around in my head. So who is saying what the, I'm sorry, I couldn't be there for you. Do you have a sense of who's speaking it to whom or how that's laid out? Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's funny, right? It's like part of me is like split. I'm split into different parts of me. And so I guess the per the, the me that I'm apologizing to is the, myself in the past when let's say I made a mistake or um, didn't my performance didn't go as well or I said something that I regret saying or something like that and I was feeling so guilty about it so shameful about it um, or I was really just feeling really sad and bad about myself and back then what I would do to myself in my mind is to pile up judgments on top of it and not even have it was it didn't even occur to me at the time that I could just comfort myself or just say you know I know you did the best you can it's all good like I couldn't talk to myself kindly I would just berate myself make myself feel worse about it I would tell myself I could have done much better why didn't you do it um so there was a lot of like self-attack self-recrimination self self-criticism going on constantly. And so I guess the part, the one that's apologizing is the, is the one who used to do that to myself. Yeah. If that makes any sense. It's just like looking at myself, looking at my past self as someone else and seeing how I used to treat myself and just apologizing to my past self for not treating her well. Yeah. Did that make sense to you? Yeah. Um, I, I, I guess I struggle with understanding um, how many different parts of me there are and how that all works and which is the higher self and the lower self and the past self and the 
So, um, yeah, so I'm going to, that's why I said stupid question. Cause I didn't know if it was just no brainer for others and maybe I'm the only one struggling with that. Yeah. I can't even explain to you like which was my inner child and higher self and the human ego identity. I don't know. Um, to me, it's more important that I felt the healing somehow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had a similar experience, Rachel. I think it makes complete sense. And I think it is like I was writing a forgiveness letter and the well, I was doing it along that, that structure. <clears throat> and then in the I'm angry, I feel angry section, you know, I was I was angry at, at myself or whatever, won't go into it. But by the time I got to I feel hurt, I was actually, you know, feeling hurt that I had been writing those angry things at myself. So, like, somehow in the letter, the I and the you, and the, there was more than one I there. And, um, you know, just when you were talking, you know, it just occurred to me that meanwhile, you know, we've got all these different parts of ourselves that are judging or feeling judged or attacking and feeling attacked. And at the same time, there's this eternal part of ourselves that's just <laughs> waiting for us to realize, <laughs> like, <laughs> patiently waiting for... For us to realize that that's really such a waste of time. All of those feeling attacked or attacking is just not the point. And um, but I think it's um, just also wanted to mention something that Laurie had said about feeling regret. Mm -hmm. And what I found so important was to tr to reach the stage of feeling compassion for that person in the past that acted like that and um, to say, you know, I, she did the best she could at the time and she just wasn't in a place where she could, <laughs> she could do anything else. Um, and that helped me with regrets that I've had and parenting and marriage and all those things, you know, to, to try to look at myself in that way. Um, and maybe also, you know, for you, Reiko, you know, you you did what you thought was right at the time. And you le you're learning there. And I find it so comforting what Jennifer says about us, our souls, our spirits being eternal, that we didn't do, if we, if we didn't learn a lesson then, don't worry, we'll get another chance to do it. <laughs> maybe with those, those same people, with those same souls, you know, maybe... You know, I think parents and children, um, yeah, family relationships, you know, they kind of come up again and yeah. in other incarnations and maybe we get another chance to choose again. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's funny you mentioned that, Claire, because in that letter after I said, I'm really sorry that I couldn't be there for you when you needed me the most, the sentence that followed that was, I really did the best I could with the awareness I had at the time. So there's like double forgiveness going on for different parts of me at different times that, yeah, but it's all good. It's nice to recognize that we can be free from all that. I'm feeling pretty caught up in self-judgment right now. This week has been 
it's been hard, really a hard week. And I feel like I've gone backwards, even though I know that's not even possible. Um, but I, what I also realize is that I've been trying so hard, you know, to do, you know, to do the lessons every day and to, um, you know, write letters and to just be good, <laughs> you know, just be good with my studies and be keeping up. And, and this week I, I just couldn't, I just couldn't do it. And, um, and I feel like I, I, like there's a real feeling of being like I've lost control now, you know, like, uh Oh, am I going to ever get back to this? You know, it's like, Oh my God, I haven't listened to the, you know, things now for days. And, um, and I don't feel like it. I don't want to even like there's all this resistance that's coming up. And, um, Today I was listening to some of the tap, the tapping things going on. I don't know if any of you ever listened to that. It's just some really good things that they were saying today or yesterday, I guess it was. Um, um, somebody was talking about how, um, should, you know, it, it's okay to even hate, it's okay to hate yourself. You know, it's like, really? She says, yeah, you know, we're always being taught that, you know, so, you know, you have to love yourself. She said, but, but sometimes you don't, you know, sometimes you do hate yourself and it's okay. You know, it's like, it's okay. Cause in the bigger picture, you know, you, you have, you know, it's all about accepting that too. And I was like, Oh my God, Oh my God. Even as I say that I can feel like my body relaxing. Cause, um, yeah, I've just been so down on myself and just feeling like, you know, should I go back on my antidepressants? <laughs> you know, it's like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> I want to, I want to feel this. I want to go, you know, I want to tap through this. I want to pray through this. I want to, you know, put in, you know, just really work as much as I can because I feel like I've been, was working too hard at it, but I was also feeling really great. But now, you know, the polarity of life, I guess, you know, comes to show me that um, I know my lesson really is to accept that um, I'm okay and I'm, I'm lovable. Nothing changes just because I feel like crap. Um, and this too shall pass. And, and let spirit just keep having it. <laughs> just, keep, just keep serving it. <laughs> keep serving it up. Laurel, I can really relate to that because I know that when I get into the um, anguish of I I didn't get it, I thought I had it last week, but now I'm I'm off the bandwagon, so to speak. It makes me very fearful. But one thing I saw that I'd like to share with you is that um, I saw that I had a a belief that I was an out of control child. Like if I got to a certain point in my, um, in my mind and I got close, I think I shared this last week, but I, I, if I got close, so I was seven and I was in a car accident and my dad didn't believe me that I had migraines. And so I started having huge tantrums and fits and they started saying, you need psych, you know, you need to go to a psychiatrist. And so they wanted to take me. So what would happen is I would beg them. I would say, I'll be good. I'll be good. I'll be good. 
And then I would be back. I would start to have the tantrums again. And they put this letter up on the mantle that said to me from the psychiatrist. And I would see that up on the mantle and I would say, oh, I, I promise I'll be good. I'll be good. I'll be good. And then the letter would disappear and they wouldn't take me to this guy. Now, the guy was a psychiatrist that my big sister was seeing. So I was really afraid that I was going crazy. And dad did tell us and me throughout my life that I was crazy. And so I always felt like there was this part of me that was insane. But it was and, and so it's kind of like a I think of it as a black spot in my brain and that like you, if, if I get close to it, if I start being a Debbie Downer, if I start, you know, I can't get it together. I'm, I'm making mistakes. Um, I, you know, like that perfectionist that I try strive to be, if I am not a perfectionist, if I make a mistake, if I call you a different name than Laurel, I will really, go closer to that black spot in my brain, let's say. And so I became a panic person about negative feelings. So when I got depressed, I would get really depressed. I would go further down. I hope this is making sense. I would go further <laughs> down than what I was. And I talked myself into it like, oh, you're out of control now. See, you're out of control. And I didn't really realize all of this was going on until I really got to the belief that I believed, believed that I could become out of control enough that I would go crazy and go into this. Well, it's so not true. It's so not true. Um, and now that I know that, I can, you know, my my aspiration is to be wholly joyful. That's my aspiration. So when I have a bummer day, I say to myself, well, first of all, I, I strive to be, I mean, you know, that's my aspiration is to be wholly joyous. That means even if I'm bummed out, that I am going to see joy somewhere around that. And that, that I have atonement, like, I don't have a black spot in my brain that I made that up and I made up the fear that I don't have, that I have any problems. And so now that I know that that is a belief that was not true, because if I'm a God, if I am a, a person of God and God loves me, I don't have anything like that. And so with that in mind, I'm, I'm much more joyful that I finally figured out that I have, I don't have that problem. Mm. My dad made that up. I made that up. And I've been just carrying it along. And um, so what do you think about that? It's beautiful because um, I have, um, you know, pull it, I pull out, you know, our willingness cards you know, that Jennifer gives us, and I've got the one here, I'm willing to be free. And I've kept that one out, and I put it under my water glass, you know, so I can get into my water. And um, and so that's what it makes me think of, you know, what you're, I mean, you know, you just, you freed yourself. That was an ugly place to go. And I didn't oh, go yeah. there. I would look at it and I'd be like, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. And then I'd panic. And the more I panicked about, oh, no, oh, no, it's that same feeling, the more it would drive me there. The more my next thought would be, see, 
you know, and the next thought. And then all of a sudden I'd say, see, there is a black hole, but there really isn't a black hole. And that's what's so fun is to realize that we are free. So, you know, just to even write this moment for me and you and all of us to say, I am willing to be free and just be there for just a moment. And just maybe hopefully feel a, one moment of little joy. Because once we practice it, this is what I see. Once I practice it, it it's going to be a stronger muscle. And the next moment that I'm in a fear or tormenting myself, I can just be maybe joyful for a little bit longer. And and uh, so that's what, I, what I'm looking at. Hmm. We're willing to be free, right? Yes. How exciting. Hmm. Thank you for sharing that, Lori. Oh, you're welcome. Hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of mental illness in my family. And I've been suicidally depressed in my life. And it, you know, it's it 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 can it has been scary at times. It's been a long time since ago. But, you know, what's time, right? <laughs> um, so, it you know, I feel like though I'm in, I, I feel like I'm in safe hands though now. You know, since the things that you know we've been learning, and certainly having a relationship that's with spirit, like I, I mean, like I've never had before. You know that that gives me so much faith. Um, and trust, even even if I am feeling really crappy, that that I'm being held, you know, that that I am, you know, not going to go down into that hole that I used to go into, you know, um, and that was horrible. Um, so, but you're just taking that flashlight right this second, and you're just shining it. It's just shining on. So you're, you know, we can be depressed. Say. I can say I'm depressed and we can lift it. Put that flashlight, put that light on it. Now we know it. At least we can see the dang thing. Before (laughs) it was so hidden, you know, it was so hidden. I wanted to, I wanted to put my head in my, underneath my pillows and not be seen because it was, it was, you know, I, I didn't want to be that person that was Debbie Downer or depressed. But now it's like, okay, we can see it, shine the light and go, Holy Spirit, take it away. And then we can just lift it or put it on the altar and move move it. Try to be work moving. We're just moving into the space of holy joyous for me. Just moving into that space. This is Maggie. I, I just wanted to say I can really relate to this discussion um, of feeling less than, but then feeling even more less than because I'm supposed to know better. <laughs> and um, a lot of that came up for me this week. I was out of town um, at a conference and found myself. Sorry, sorry, my son is calling me on the walkie. <laughs> um 
so anyway, I really appreciate the discussion and a line that came to me when I was feeling that way because I felt myself um, feeling like I was avoiding my feelings, like you're saying, um, Lori, not wanting to look at it. And I felt so relieved when I just admitted it. You know, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm, I'm not feeling good enough. I'm comparing myself. I'm, I'm feeling like I should be, you know, accomplishing what these people are, are accomplishing and, and why aren't I and blah, blah. And just admitting it was just such a relief because I think we're, sometimes we get confused with the I am statements or that we're energizing it if we admit it. But for me, I have to kind of, like you were saying, well, just get, sometimes we had to just go through to get through it. And, and, but if we go with our Holy Spirit, then we're in good company when we make that journey and it doesn't feel quite as alone. And um, this sentence came to me um, of sounds a little bit like ego, not like spirit. It kind of came to me as a little song because some of you guys know I write songs. Um, sounds a little bit like like ego, not like spirit. I can tell the difference when I hear it. And it just kind of helped me. And then I sort of started joking to myself, like, you know, she's better than me. I'll never have that. These jeans make me look fat. <laughs> sort of started writing this little song. And it made me laugh. But that line has just been coming into my head of, 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 you know, that's really where the masterful part of masterful living, I think, comes in is when we're not in the flow and being able to say, okay, you know, here I am. And so let's pause here because it's scary to pause when you're not in the flow because you're afraid something dark and evil is going to flow and you're afraid that black spot in your brain is going to be all that's really there. And um, learning to be compassionate, like you were saying, Rieko, with that, it, for that person, for ourselves, you know, in that moment, um, that's what I feel that's what, what I've been really struggling with right now too. So I'm really glad I made it to this call and I'm hearing all of you because it, it, it can be helpful to realize we're not going through some of these struggles alone. Cause once you've experienced being in the flow, it can just feel agonizing to not feel in it. Even if what I'm experiencing now wouldn't even used to have been thinking, thought it was bad, but compared to being in the, like really in the flow, it can just feel like, I don't want to, be in this place, you know, so um, the lesson that I'm kind of working on right now is um, realizing it's never too late to turn something over to spirit. And I've had a couple examples of that recently where it seemed like I maybe I made a bad decision. And I said, well, you know, it's never too late. I'm just going to turn it over right now. And I had a situation with a group of friends that seemed like it was unraveling. And I did that. And it worked out and I had a couple other situations where I just met myself where I was instead of kind of feeling defeated. And um, so I'm grateful for this call. And um, I think some more self-forgiveness work might be helpful to me, too. So appreciate everyone sharing. Maggie, I would love it if you would finish that song and put it in the Facebook group. I absolutely I love that rhyme. <laughs> It's just uh, sometimes it's a funny little thing like that to make us smile, right, and, and come out of the. Judgment. We need that song. We need. Yeah, that song. I know I do. <laughs> Write it fast. <laughs> okay. I'll Songs are helpful, list. you know. When your mind's go in a direction that's not helpful, a song can be a wonderful thing. Well, 
what I liked about that one is it kind of reminded me of the very simple song. I don't know if you got if Jennifer did this in your class because I was in I'm in year three now, but I can make the year two calls easier. So I've been really enjoying getting to know all of you and trying to make those. But when she used to, I think I heard this on one of her radio shows when I first discovered Jennifer, when she would catch herself judging to kind of break the habit, but also kind of make herself laugh. Because of course, laughing actually helps us break into that worth taking so serious. Uh, she would just say to herself, judge, 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 judge. And it would just like just sort of snap her out of it. Um, so I liked this song for me for that reason too, because it was just like, oh, right. That's, <laughs> we know what this, this voice is, you know? So I'll work on that song and post it in our group. <laughs> Sounds like it, it would help all of us. I think a lot of us go through struggles that can last for days, weeks, months. And uh, what I'm finding is that we don't really share those times in the calls and such. And, and I'm not really sure why, why I don't, other than that's how I've always been, that I don't, I always put on the face, hey, everything's hunky-dory. Mm -hmm. Always have, always have. Um, but what I have finally come to the realization is that those times are part of my spiritual growth because they come and they go. They never stay. And I actually been working through one myself from probably since the first of the year. It took me forever to get to my letter versus last year. I had my letter done in January and my letter was guided by spirit last year. My letter was guided by spirit this year, but I really, really struggled. And this time looking at it a little more in my struggle, some of the things I learned from it was um, I just remember working and sometimes I'd have a, a problem that I needed to figure out an accounting problem and you know the more I thought about it the more I worked on it it just would not come but the moment I would like put it on the back burner and let it simmer that's where the answers would come and I think sometimes I work so hard on my practice doing the lessons and doing this and, you know, every, every day, just that sometimes I see now that I need to put it on the back burner and just let it simmer and let the subconscious work through all of what I just learned. It's so important to harvest that learning for me. And uh, I know I go through the period that, oh, what am I doing in Master for Living? Maybe I think I'm going to quit. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do my practice anymore. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing my practice. And one thing I've learned is to be kind and loving to myself. And when I get in that place where I don't want to do my practice, okay, I don't want to do my practice. I'm going to just let it simmer on the back burner. Let it work through. It will work through because it always has worked through. I'm okay. And I'm going to go do something else, something that's loving and kind to myself, something I, I enjoy doing, like go quilt, go quilt. I enjoy quilting. So instead of working my practice, I'm going to go quilt or I'm going to go outside and enjoy the day or 
or something. I mean, sometimes I'll even put a list together of things I like to do. So because I can get in that place that I don't want to do anything that I need my list to point out, oh, uh, to encourage me to go do something that I love doing. That's not a spiritual thing. The other thing I've started doing is not working on my spiritual practice on Sundays, <laughs> of all days, not working on Sundays, not getting up and doing my reading, etc., etc., meditating, all the things that, that I consider part of my spiritual practice. It doesn't mean that I'm still not asking for guidance and partnering up and working at being loving and kind. It just means I'm taking a break to do some other things that are loving to myself. Uh, I think I'm in such a hurry to try and get there because of my age that I'm trying to really push my spiritual practice through, you know. The more I learn, the faster I'm going to get there. And that's not that's not true. It's it's going to take as long as it's going to take. It's actually going to take the rest of my life. And so I just need to like enjoy the journey and realize when I get in those places, I'm still okay, and that it will pass. Yeah. So I have to say that last week it broke, and I've been good ever since. I got my letter written, and I would say right now I'm just like being very grateful and thankful that I am in my happy place. And I'm just really enjoying that. Yeah, so. <laughs> well, I've been going through, <laughs> if you combine yours, Ronnie, with Laurel's, I would say it's been sort of on that level. Um, all that's been coming up, all the loss I've had in 10 years. Um, <laughs> this is what I've been doing for about four or five days now. But today, um, I was listening to Jennifer and um, she was talking about realizing that this is the meaning I am making of this. And that to me right now, ego is saying to me, look at all this loss you've had. How can you really think there's a God out there? I mean, Look at all of this. And at the same time, I've had people calling me for bereavement stuff. My son isn't dead yet. I don't want to talk to people about stuff like that. Anyways, um, sorry, I'm sort of hurt. I'm still purging all of this stuff. But there was another thing that I had a thought. You can't. And I've been using this for little things like my, my, um, my daughter-in-law, um, she's always losing her keys. <laughs> when she tells me she lost her keys, I'm going, God, you can't lose anything in God, you know. And the next thing there, she's got it in her hand, right? So I have to apply this also to this. You can't lose anything in God. 
I may not know where he is or they are, but they're still there. They haven't gone anywhere. I guess I'm just at a stage in life where you have a lot of loss, you know. Um, but you don't expect to lose a child, you know. Anyways, I'm glad that I've been able to come to some resolution about what this is all about. Plus, I also know that when you're mourning, um, you know, it comes up for other people in the past where you couldn't release it at the time because it was just too painful. So <laughs> I'm going to be about five pounds when all this is over. <laughs> because um, I couldn't talk about it because I didn't really understand what was happening. You know, um, all I knew was I was just feeling like I'm in a a whirlwind of things happening with no control. And now they got them so drugged that I have to wake them up and I barely, I can't get anything in them. So this has got to stop because that's not good for him. Um, but they wanted him to rest, you know, because he hasn't been able to sleep. Things like that. Um, I don't know. I've never had any, anybody, um, cross over from a, from a long-term illness. We just, don't usually do that. We're just gone. <laughs> um, long-term illnesses, but not with the thought of dying, like my mom had a dementia, things like that. Um, that's different. That's really different than this. And um, I'm just glad you're there. <laughs> Knowing that you're there helps. And I, I thank all of you for all the prayers. I really think it's helping me to go through this past week, you know, to keep my head above water. I don't Okay, somebody else talk. <laughs> it's hard for me to talk like this. Diana, I just want to say I love you very much. I'm so glad that you're sharing this with us, Diana, because it's, it, I, it must be the heart. I can't imagine. I just can't imagine, but I, I, I know, I mean, I was a hospice nurse. It, I know how hard it is to watch somebody die in your own child. It's the, it's the hardest. So my heart goes out to you, honey. Thank you. <sighs> I haven't given up on him, though. In no sense like they have, but I'm not. <laughs> you don't have to, because nobody knows, right? That's the truth. It used to make me so mad when doctors would say things, and then everybody goes, oh, yeah, that's the way it is. But it I, isn't. I don't agree. No, I don't. And, and they're going to find out, because I'm getting angry inside because of all of this just feeling frustrated 
with the way this is going right now, um, I don't usually lose my temper type type of person, you know, but um, I'm not going to let him lay like this for months and months on end. You know, um, they're telling me they want him to be like this right now just because he needs a rest. He's been so busy fighting pain that he needs to be out of pain for a while so he can um, heal. And from, I guess the pain really um, zaps your energy. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> so that's what they're trying that's what their point is but when you can't wake up somebody to eat or drink or any of that that's not right it's that's too much it's just too much for me so they'll be getting a call from me shortly because i got you're the advocate you you do you do whatever you know to do well you can't go days and days without eating he's already you know the whole thing is he's lost so much weight this is why they wanted him to be on this pain meds so that he can feel better to eat and be able to maintain and get some weight back on him. <clears throat> but putting him, he's, if he, and if he wakes up, he's angry at me and I don't like that either. It's like, what did I do? I woke you up. <laughs> you can't just lay there. I'm not going to let you. So <laughs> anyway. Thank you for that, though, Laurel. And everybody, I don't mean to eliminate anyone of you because you're all important to me. Thank you for sharing, Diana. I am praying for you and Tim, and I think a lot of us are. I'm, I'm really glad you could share all of this with us today. Thank you. My mom died of cancer, and um, yeah, I, I know. I mean, so that part of taking care of somebody, uh, and not to say he's going to die. I love that you're feeling perhaps that that's not his time. Um, but I do. I I, I uh, support you in going with what you seem to know to be true. You know. <laughs> Does it make to keep him out of pain, but he can't eat and drink, so I mean, that's gonna kill him. So, uh, that really is pretty crazy. Yep, I mean, I have to practically wake him up and have a cup in my hand so that he'll drink it while he can see it, and then over he goes again. You know, that's it's too much. It is too much. I could see a couple days for him to rest. I don't think he has to be like that for four or five days. Mm -hmm. So, we'll keep yeah. praying also for just clarity and guidance for you to assert and, and for all the people who are involved in that because there's so many people who have their ideas their very strong ideas about what somebody needs and oh my gosh that's um, I found that very challenging too even with Alizette you know, it's not something you go through all the time either to even know what to do you well, know. and every situation is totally different. There's no two the same. So, yeah. Yeah, and I've got other people saying, you know, you got to do this, you got to do that. And I'm going, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is, we'll deal with it. 
you know, and I'm not the strongest person anymore. <laughs> but um, there's a part of me that's arising that won't let this continue. You know, this is ridiculous for all of this stuff. Oh. I don't usually say a lot, but when I talk. <laughs> Helps me know how to pray for you more. Strength and guidance and all the other people around the situation and all that. Mm-hmm. Clarity. The one person said, be graceful with yourself. And I thought, be graceful with yourself. Because I hadn't thought about you know, you think about grace, you think about grace and um, gratefulness. But I thought that was an interesting thing to say, be graceful with yourself. To just allow what's there. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm seeing it, I could see it, um, you know, and it's common to go through the losses of um, past losses, you know, like I said, to be able to release it. But um, I like that one, that I am still looking at the meaning I've made of this. So, I um, mean, when Jennifer's talk on Tuesday on the radio, I think it was Tuesday. Okay, I have to step back and take a look at what I'm, what I'm doing here. You know, it makes me think of last year when my cat died, Mira, you know, who, you know, it's just somebody, people might think just a cat, but she was everything to me. <laughs> and so, but when Jennifer talked about a special relationship right. to me, oh, my God, it was so hard, Diana. I know. <laughs> so hard. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Because I think this was the, that talk that she did the other day was on special relationships. So you're you're sort of shifting everything, sort of shifting as you're listening to her talk. And I'm going, okay, okay, I can let go of this. I don't have to. I don't have to keep doing this every day to myself. So it's just not easy to talk about. Diana, I um, just am so sorry that you're going through this. And, you know, you mentioned something about God and questioning what that this God thing is all about. And I just, and what came up for me is just, you know, you're, you're the spirit of God for your son. And no. you, we're, we're the spirits of God for you. And that we're all connected in, in love. And, you know, God puts us into certain spots, like he gave you your son, and now you get to be God for your son. You you know, every time you touch him, you're touching the spirit, you're the spirit. And we're touching, I want to touch you. I just, I know that we're community and that we're stronger because we're community. And so hopefully today, the angels of God, us, can be a strength to you. And then you can be a strength for your son. And that's what I'm going to pray for. Thank you. 
I know last week when you wanted me to talk, I couldn't. <laughs> I had no idea. I had no idea. But I know my mother passed away and, and uh, of cancer, but it was a very, very beautiful time. And I made it a beautiful time and I made it very godly. And uh, our spirits were together and they're still together. But it is, you know, it's a it's definitely like you said, you don't go through it all the time. So you don't know what questions to ask. You don't know what to look for. You know, we had it was our first time with cancer and um we, I know what you mean about losing it. Yeah, absolutely. And you can do that. You know, you can do that. That's the thing about being who you are. You can just say, I am mad and I am wanting to know some answers about my boy sleeping for five days. This doesn't feel right. Yeah, yeah he's our, you know. <laughs> and I'm thinking that because he's so angry and Henri with this, he's having a reaction to something they're giving him, you know, I mean, to the, to the, to the pain med, you know, um, and he wakes up scratching like a banshee, you know, I mean, <laughs> so I gave him some Benadryl because that, and that calmed him right down, but, um, so I think he's having a reaction to that. I think he's on Dilaudid. That is, that is definitely a side effect. So, and the anger, too. The anger? Yes. Mm-hmm. The irritability. Uh, uh-huh. Yes. Uh, yesterday I said something. He was standing behind me, and he just screamed. And I went, I, look, I turned around and looked at him like, what was that for? You know, I didn't even know what it was. So, um, I think you know, he's feeling really frustrated right now. Yeah. I know when my husband goes through his bouts of sickness and he gets that horrible anger on me and I don't, I'm, I take it personally. Yeah. I try not to, but you know, sometimes he catch me. I'm scared. I'm afraid. That's what he said. I was when he did that. To me, he just acts like it. So I have to say. He may be a thinner version of himself, but he's very strong. (laughs) You love him. That's awesome. It's, can't be anything better than that. Nothing. Working on it. Stay, just being there for him. Yep. I think we'd all want Mama by our side. Diana, I had asked Jennifer a question along these lines on um, her sacred circle that she did in the evening. I think it was Wednesday evening. And uh-huh. I, I think it's, you know, because I, I also lost a son. So sometimes I think with my other children, I have this like something happens in me where I just it doesn't matter what it is. You know, just just I, I have this picture in my head of how things should be better for them or what, you know, something, something that is it gets a little it can be a little desperate at times. And um, I, I, I caught on to that thing she taught in class about um, if you can dream it, do it. And so my question to her was, well, can I dream like a healing dream or something for another person? And her answer to me was something along the lines of, um, well, it's it's 
if you want to hold them in the dream longer and have them suffer, um, you could do that. And then, you know, and then she's told the difference in holding the space, whether hold, instead of a healing dream. So I, I think my follow-up question was something like, um, so are you saying that you could actually cause harm to someone if you hold a healing dream for them? And, um, you know, I, I'll have to go back and listen to exactly what her answer was. But my takeaway was sort of like um, you hold the highest good. And that's a little different than holding a you know, dream image or a vision yeah, image. Holding on to them so tight you can't let them go. Yeah, and I, I'm pretty sure it's hooked to already having lost children. And, you know, and it just, you know, I, I was realizing and, and my son's going through just trying to figure out the next move in his career. I mean, and it's just I, I couldn't believe the kind of visioning I was doing and wanting to, like, hold that vision for him so he could do that, so he could be fine. And then, you know, she kind of. Yeah, they're always fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that I could actually cause harm to someone because we don't know the highest good for them could be losing a job or being going through a sickness or we don't know. And that, that's a hard one for me, but um, I'm working with trusting her that I don't want to cause harm. So I'm going to try to just take that. I think it must be like a neutral place. Um, do, do you do sacred circle, Diana? Maybe you can listen back to that recording and get more specifically what her answer was. Okay. All right. Yeah, I want for his highest good. I don't want to hold him here any longer. Or, <laughs> you know, it's it's sort of a, a catch-22 with the whole thing. The other thing mm-hmm. that comes up for me, Diana, as you say that is, for me anyways, sometimes when I'm resistant to praying for the highest and best, it's because secretly I fear that I'm going to yeah. hate the highest. But, in fact, you know, in the times when I've actually gone out and been willing to cultivate that trust, it's always been something that I wouldn't have even known to want for. There was so much better than what I was gunning for. Mm. So, you know, I I imagine it's extremely frightening to, to think of giving up any semblance of control over a situation involving a child, your child, and feeling like you have no control. I mean, I just... Yeah, I, I, there'll be a hard walk to, to apply that here. But right. I, just, I just offer that. I don't think it'd be easy for me to apply. But in much easier situations, when I have applied that, I've always been pleasantly surprised. So, it, again, it's tough work that you're doing. But I just offer that from, a much, e- from much easier situations. I've found that to be a lesson for me. Thanks, because I was going to listen to her prayer on highest and the best, and I didn't, so you're just reminding me (laughs) to listen to that. Diana, um, I just want to thank you for sharing what you're sharing, and I know that it's brought so much to all of us at different levels, and um, I'm clear that I don't know what's even the highest and best for anything and and but i'm but i'm also trying to remember to affirm there's a mighty companion that walks with me so it, it the strength is not in me and um 
and and allowing myself to trust that more and that's where I'm working but um I do I can't imagine the challenge that of of having a child being so ill and um I just want you to know we're all there for you we love you thanks And I just wanted to let you know, too, that I love you, too. Thank I, you. Um, I love I you all. I have no other words in this moment, but I love you, and I thank you, and appreciate all your shares so much. I feel compelled to read uh, a card that I received over 30 years ago that I have continued to carry with me over the years and read it every once in a while. And I don't really share it with too many people, but for some reason I'm being guided to share this. And it's a card and the front of the card reads, we know that in all things, God works for good with those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. And this is a person who who gave me this card at a time when I lost someone in my life. And these were her words that she gave me. Trust in me with all your heart. Oh, well, let let me just say that this is what she wrote first. This is something that the Lord gave to me in 1974 when he knew I needed his perfect peace. It seems to be a paraphrase of his word in the Bible. God is our refuge and strength and very present help in trouble. Trust in me with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. Do not look anxiously about you, for I am your God. I will give you your desires of your heart, for I care for you. Love is patient. Do not despair. For you will see my goodness soon. Only wait for me. For all things work together for good in my plan. And I will never put upon you anything which you cannot bear with my help. For through me you can do all things. I have your tears in my bottle. And I grieve. As you hurt, for nothing can separate you from my perfect love. Yes, wait on me. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. And I have allotted to you, you, your proportion of faith. My grace is sufficient for you. Trust me and see if I will not open up the windows of heaven and shower blessings upon you until there is no more need. Wow. (laughs) Thank you. It's beautiful. It still brings tears to my eyes, even after (laughs) years. Because it's always held true for me. For the last 30-plus years, everything that I've read has held true for me. 
I'm sorry, I have to go. I just want to say goodbye to everyone. Bye. Bye. Well, let's seal this deal with a beautiful prayer for, is it Tim, your mm -hmm. son, Tim? Yeah, Tim. Let's dedicate this prayer to Tim and the healing and his peace and his well-being during his times of his challenge in his life. And you. All right. Oh, we'll place our hand on our heart and ask Holy Spirit to just really, really come in to our hearts, come into Diana's heart and, and, and fill Tim's heart up with the truth. The truth is we are not our bodies. We are spirit. And that I ask that you bring this to both Diana and Tim and that, that you fulfill your promises that you were there, I ask that your spirit go and direct them, direct Diana on what to do, how to talk to the doctors, direct him on how to feel and how to, to belong in this world when he was so full of fear. I ask that peace be brought upon both of them. Peace be brought upon all people that are, are suffering in this way, that you touch their hearts and let them know that they are not alone that they have a community, that they have you, that they have each other to bring forth the promise that we are all love and that we are all united. And I say these things with peace and harmony and joy that you bring about in this life. Amen. Amen. Okay. You take good care, everybody. <laughs> okay. Bye bye. Thank you.